Your relationship with time will determine how you experience time. If you want to work on your relationship with time, here are some questions you want to be asking yourself. Are you using a majority of your time to work on simple tasks that can be outsourced? Are you focusing on your high-level content that is actually going to grow your company and yourself and your business? Uh, and do you feel like you have the time and freedom to do what you want when you want? If you answered no to any of these questions, it might be time to rethink the way you're spending it. Time is as infinite or finite as you allow it to be. be, 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 be. It kind of brings back to what we were just talking about. So right. Yes to what you want, no to what you don't right. want. Yeah. Again, your time is valuable. Laughing Vikings Live. High vibe chats with actors, comedians, and creators, plus stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, and most importantly, you. That's right. Join us every Monday for new episodes, and you can be a part of the show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch. Ask questions and interact in the comments, and make sure to share this with your actor, comedian, and creator friends so they can be a part of the show, too. Can't make a live show? No problem. You can catch up on your favorite podcast platform and visit laughingvikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew. All right, it's time for today's show. Buckle up. And make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Laughing Vikings Live. Happy Monday Fun Day. Let's go. Episode 115, getting a Star Warsian intro right there. Ooh. I've been rocking out uh, today on my... Uh, oh, I didn't realize that was invisible because it's green. Was it invisible the whole time? Uh, I was wow. dancing. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It is. Look at this. This is like um, some kind of James Bond kazoo of mine. It's like... Or a Harry Potter. It's my Harry Potter kazoo. Yeah. Yeah, I've been stomping around here. Your invisibility Darth, kazoo. Darth Vader. I, I like that Imperial, Imperial. Shout out to John Williams. Like, God, every mm -hmm. every soundtrack, soundtrack he's ever made just crushes it. Uh, but I like that. But I also like, um, that's the Darth Vader thing. But I also like the scene in Return of the Jedi. Every time the Emperor was seen, there was always the ominous music in the background that goes like this. Um, uh. <laughs> And then the emperor would be like, strike me down, young Skywalker. What? Yeah, it was so just gross and like, ah. I, surprisingly, the emperor, if you watch too much um, U.S. politics and you see like news clips of senators and some old house representatives, they're like, why do you look like the personification of evil villain? Like, <laughs> should, you, should your representatives in, yeah. And not to get political, but if you watch some of it, you're like, is that the emperor of the dark side? <laughs> Too many. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, not not a ton of just like smiling faces. Hey guys, we're gonna solve things today. It's a ah, ah it's like ah. I, can, I can think of a few. I won't say their names because we, we don't want to get negative. But if you look in the mirror, if you're a world leader and you look in the mirror and you look more like the bad guy villain of a story and less like the hero helper that everyone is like, oh, thank goodness he's here. Um, just examine that. That's something worth looking into. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. Not to get divisive and political, but if you're if you look in the mirror, I mean, I know that physical like gravity has its time, uh, does its thing to faces. So sometimes over time, faces just kind of look more evil per se. But I don't know. Work mm-hmm. on your work on your smiles. I guess you know, like you're like, <laughs> hey, can I at least, at least look not like an evil villain today? Uh, but I do like the idea of uh, I do like the idea of remaking. Um, all movie soundtracks with just the kazoo. You should have an all kazoo song movie, Lars. You should make right. that. Where I do the sound. Yeah, like, uh, you know how they bring composers into movies and they're like, we would like you to compose the soundtrack to our, mm-hmm. to our movie. And they do it all from scratch. <laughs> I come in, but I do it. My only instrument is the kazoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be... A- that's Lord of the Rings. I was thinking X Men, the old X Men cartoon. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, it's good. I can't get enough kazoos. I'm on it. I, uh, I was saying, those of you who have watched older episodes, we went through a, a strong kazoo phase about a year ago. It was while I was in conservatory. Uh, we would get requests for it. And then I, uh, I don't know, I, for some reason, let kazoo fade out of my life. And I mm-hmm. realized it's been a mistake. Uh, we also had a, a catchphrase, uh, an acronym, uh, uh, credo, if you will, mm-hmm. ABK, always be kazooing. And then mm-hmm. I noticed, I uh, thought to myself earlier today, I've rarely been kazooing. And that's not the acronym. It's not RBK. It's mm-hmm. ABK. Uh, which also has significance for Brandon because he's Brandon Knox, a.k.a. the BK Broiler. So mm-hmm. ABK in that sense has a double meaning. I might do shows where I show up and everyone gets a kazoo. I'm going to I'm gonna go big on kazoos. I might sell them as merch. It could be, it could be a pirate too, like RBK. Right? RBK, yeah. yeah. Maybe the kazooist is on a pirate ship. Kazoo Come pirate. On. Come on, be down with this pirate, pirate movie, Lars. Be down with this kazoo pirate movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine. I was just thinking. I wasn't not. Yeah, I have to yes and you. The rules <laughs> of improv say that I can't get this far and be like, no, pirates are where I draw the line. Yeah, no. Kazoo everything except on a pirate ship. That's the only place that kazoos don't make sense, Brandon. Every, oh, I want them, everywhere I want them else everywhere. is fine. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes, no kazoo, no kazoo left behind. I will not rest. Kazoos for guns. We're gonna start a big trade in. We're gonna mm-hmm. get a we're gonna get a kazoo in everyone's hand because you know what? When you're kazooing, you don't have time to be holding an AR-15 assault rifle and wander into schools and clubs where people are learning and having fun and killing people. Nobody, nobody ever got killed by a kazoo. I think that's my uh that's my that's my gun control debate. Kazoo's for guns. I'm going to do a whirlwind tour of 
southern United States states and convince them all to turn in their guns for kazoos. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that will be a first first time experience for a lot of people, I'm be, sure. Be like, how did Lars die? Oh, he was riddled with bullets and found with several kazoos in his hands. They found him riddled with bullets and okay. covered in his own bloody kazoos. <laughs> I'm starting the kazoo revolution. <laughs> Have we done enough kazoo stuff? I think we have. I, I feel like, yes, we've yeah. definitely done enough kazoo stuff. Yes. Let's, let's talk about first-time experiences, Lars. Now, you experienced Ooh, something yes. for the first time today. You yes. started. You curled for the first yes. time today. How was Not that? Today. Not today on Monday. Oh, right. It was the on first Monday. time talking about it. This is the post-game post breakdown. Yeah. Uh, so we always discuss on this podcast uh, being growth-minded and having a learning mindset and a growing mindset. Uh, and I actually love one of my favorite things is, especially when it's something physical like a sport or a game, but could apply to anything, a new card game or just some anything, anything that you're that you suck at at first. You're just complete novice. You've never done it before. And you're like, how do I do it? What do I do? Where do I go? What? Do, how do I hold it? What is it? All that stuff. And then just just the process of learning something and being that humble beginner. But then I also challenge myself and I'm like okay, like I got to be like, a. I, I treat myself like if I was the Terminator and I just got it like I'm this learning machine and I got to learn this and see how good I can get it at it in a short amount of time. Uh, so I went curling. I got invited. Uh, Jared, an actor who acts with us in uh, dinner theater shows with Big Time Entertainment. Shout out Jared. Shout out Big Time. Shout out Peter Dillon from Big Time. Uh, and Chris George. I have Chris George, our uh, actor, um, Friend, extraordinaire, actor, stage manager, does does a little bit of it all. Performer and uh, YouTuber. former podcaster, gamer. Uh, what did you say? YouTuber. YouTuber. Yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. Chris yeah. George. Uh, he's away doing a Christmas show. Where is he? He's it's in like out north east? of Ottawa or something. Oh, north. Okay. So he's away. So I got the call. They're like, we got a free spot on the curling team down at the Ro the Royal Canadian Curling Club. I, it felt like uh, an episode of The Crown where I, wa I was walking into this royal place where uh, everyone's wearing, uh, nobody was wearing special anything, but um, it's like, uh, it was this, so it was an afternoon league. I've never curled before. Um, I felt really goofy and silly. I slipped and fell a couple times on the ice. You put a, you put a slider. You want to learn how, have you done it before? No. So, Teach me. Um, so it's basically like shuffleboard or it's a little bit of vibe of uh, bocce ball. Um, you know, there's like the circles, concentric circles into the bullseye, uh, which I think is called the button. Um, and then there's two ends. And so one guy, everyone on the team takes turns uh, curling two rocks. And then there's one or two, usually there's two guys sweeping. If you're shorthanded, you might only have one guy. Sometimes the guy who releases the rock and is curling then gets up and scrambles down and then sweeps his own rock uh, if needed. But in our case, one guy would curl, two guys would sweep, and then the skip is on the far side. And it's he's kind of the the captain where he he yells out what to do. Like if it's if it's going really fast, then it's like don't touch it. Basically, sweeping turns um, sweeping makes it curl less and slow down slower. Or not slow down. Okay. 
or go further, I guess is what you'd say. Because there's, it's ice, it's a sheet of ice. This is this I did not know. You're going to get a little tutorial here. Yep. A, cur a curling sheet uh, is, it's ice, like it's refrigerated ice. But then a guy goes with this little device, like almost like a garden, um, like a, what you'd spray, um, like pesticides or insecticides or like liquid out of. And he kind of sprays it and it makes like sort of mottled like dots, bump, little tiny bumps. And then, mm -hmm. so when you're sweeping, you're you're filing those down so that the rock, I think, grips a little less and uh -huh. goes a little further because you're sort of also heating up the ice right in front of it, so it slides a little a little faster. So that's what the guys do. And just as you release release it, you kind of do a little one of these, so it slow. And then the slower it goes, the more it curls too. So it's it's really fun. And uh, my my first here's my thing, uh, my very first end, my uh, I think it was the second rock that I threw ended up right in the button. It, it was the center one. It was the scoring. It was the one that scored. So uh, what I'm saying, Brandon, is I'm a curling phenom. I've been signed by the uh, Royal Mounted Police Curling Association, and uh, I go on tour next week uh, with the oh, World well. Championships. World Championship Bond Spiel is next week. Uh, I'm already being, um, I'm touted as the, I'm touted as the rookie of the year for this Ooh. year. There's, 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 there's Roy talk for me right now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, it was humbling. It was very humbling because no matter what level of, of athleticism and, um, fitness you think you are, as soon as you're sliding on an ice, uh, on an, on ice, you kind of feel silly. So. I did fall a couple times. It felt very like when the first time you go out with the slider on, but most times you're not on the slider. Usually you're just on your shoes and it's kind of grippy. Like it's not all like crazy slippery. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking to myself, I am for sure going to pull a groin muscle. I was in my head. I'm like, just don't, if you don't pull a groin muscle today, this is a victory. If you get out of this without a groin injury or some kind of hernia or like a pulled, pulled hamstring that was a victory and i'm looking around I'm, and there's guys older than me and i'm like just don't pull a groin muscle uh, and i didn't i didn't and we we uh we were winning the whole time and then they came back and scored three points in the final end to tie us so it was a draw it was a gentleman's Ooh. draw i got to learn how to do it i i got better it's very diff it's i don't know if it's difficult it's um the margin for error is very small because it's all touch. It's like you you push off with your back leg and then you slide kind of on one knee and then you just release it. You, you don't really put too much with your arm. It's kind of like you just rock out and then slide. And the difference between not getting past the line, which in, if you don't get past a certain line, they just clear your thing out of there. Like it's like a, a disqualified shot or you go through the, the circles and out the back and the difference between it. So when you watch guys, now that I've done it to watch guys where not only are they nailing the distance within like inches, but they're also curling it like around other rocks. And then it just kind of mm -hmm. settles in on the button or they, they do like these double takeout shots where I'm going to, I'm going to hit this one and this one. And it's just, it's a lot of guys yelling too. They yell. This is one of the favorite parts is, our team, we weren't really big yellers because it's it's like a, a 
fairly non-competitive men's league. It's kind of a for fun afternoon league. But there was a couple guys, a couple of the Irish guys on the Irish team, especially, were like, hide, hide, hide. Like they're giving it the whole <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. Whoa, whoa, no, no, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave <laughs> it. They they get they get into it. And when you're sweeping, you're sweeping just like furiously, which is also a weird, it's a weird um. When you do it the first few times, apparently you're sore in places that you didn't expect to have because who who is like, oh, this is my I pulled my sweeping muscle. Like it's <laughs> such a weird the only training. So now I'm training here at the studio. I've uh, purchased a Swiffer wet jet and I'm just furiously nice swiffing the floor while yelling yeah. at myself. Hurry, hurry hard, hurry, hurry, hurry. Whoa, 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 hurry hard. <laughs> I dig in the corners. <laughs> that was great luna must be loving that yeah she's loving it she she likes it yeah she's actually so, the she's the skip oh nice yeah oh that makes sense yes. she is she is the boss yeah um so is there anything that you're going to bring uh that you've learned from this first time that you're going to bring to your next match um i mean i think in general i just have a uh i got my ice legs I got my curling legs. So I think that's a big part of it. I, mm -hmm. And when I first started, I was kind of like walking around, you know, when you're like, I don't know if you've ever, it's almost like the more scared you do something, the shitty you are at it. Like yeah. if you walked on ice, like you walk around, Oh, I, oh, I hope I don't slip versus mm -hmm. no, just stand like a confident human being and have my center of gravity and don't flail and flail around that. And a little bit of touch too, I think like, um, just knowing, knowing the weight, I was pretty good with accuracy. I, I wasn't really trying to curl it too much in my head. I was just like, get it around the area, like mm -hmm. put a rock where it means something so that it's, it's a point or it's doing something useful, I guess. Yeah. It's funny what the difference confidence can make. And it, it can fix a lot of things. If you just like, right. change your mindset and like, just focus on like the little things and like, it'll, it will improve so much. Right. Yeah. I guess the, in that vein, what I do is, and maybe it's where that star Wars um, music comes from is I'm having like the force. I'm like mm -hmm. being the, being the rock and I'm, I was mind controlling it. it was, <laughs> I was spinning it. And people were like, Oh, I've never seen a rock do that before. Mm -hmm. And slightly hovering, you know, until Luke you, when Luke goes to Dagobah and he's levitating all the rocks around him, he's focusing real hard. That was me. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. you curling. I like it. Me curling. Yeah. It shouldn't be, <laughs> it should, I shouldn't actually be allowed. I didn't realize I had those powers until I started to play. Mm -hmm. But technically, everyone's like, wow, how's he so good for his first time? It's mind control, telekinesis, the force, whatever you want to call it. I'm a Danish druid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> well, we have spent a lot of time talking about um, uh, kazoos and mm -hmm. curling, and mm -hmm. none of those things were on the docket today. Uh, we wanted to talk about um, the fact that Laughing Vikings is producing and available for bookings where we'll uh, perform and host live comedy experiences at your live events. So if you want to transform your event from snooze fest... To smash success, we do private parties, corporate events, charity fundraisers. Send us an email at lol at laughingvikings.com. Often I'll host them, 
Uh, we can customize them to your audience and to the event. Uh, we'll book the pro comedians as seen on Netflix, as seen on Just for Laughs, on Comedy Network, on Crave, on HBO, professional comedians for your event. So again, yeah, send us uh, a little email at lol at laughingvikings.com. I like that catchphrase. Uh, transform your event from snooze fest to smash success. Imagine going, imagine you're having an event and the worst thing happens. You invite all these people for an incredible night or afternoon or morning, depending on the uh, timing of it. And then you look out and you're like, oh no, this is my worst nightmare. Everyone is sleeping. You don't want that. And then imagine them all waking up and holding magical kazoos. <laughs> Because uh, not included in your book. But, um, yes, we're, uh, the, it's obviously the holiday season. So if you want to book a, a private show for your birthday party, uh, also weddings, wedding emceeing, um, stag and does, corporate events, corporate emceeing, charity fundraisers, all of those things. Mm -hmm. LOL at laughingvikings.com. And we wanted to just promote a little bit. Um, this weekend, uh, there's a fantastic show. Great friend of Laughing Vikings, and uh, you've heard his name on uh, one of these podcasts a lot, and then you've heard his name on other podcasts occasionally. Uh, the legendary Bob Rubin. This Saturday, I'm going to be featuring, opening for him. He's got his American Thanksgiving comedy show at Three Times Cafe, which is over in Kensington Market. I think it's over on uh, College Street. But you can grab tickets at laughingvikings.com slash links. Right down here. Yeah, right there. Uh, Bob's incredible. He's been doing stand-up for 40 years. Uh, he's originally from Virginia or West Virginia area, but got his comedy start in San Francisco back in the legendary days of Robin Williams, Bobcat Goldthwait, Dana Carvey. There was a, just a real hotbed of, of uh, genius um, genius comedy in San Francisco. And they all migrated uh, down to L.A. to obviously uh, do the Hollywood thing. Uh, Bob performed several times at Comedy Alley here in the summertime. He was incredible. I've uh, been lucky enough to open for him at uh, several shows. And his uh, brand of comedy is like, I can just guarantee you've never seen anything like him before, unless you've seen his show. But every show is different, and he's just such a comedic genius. Uh, very ranty, very stream of consciousness, but just wild and absurdist, I think, is the word. Uh, he's such a character. Uh, what episode of the of the podcast was he on do you remember uh it was 101 101 check out uh 101 and i believe we have some clips we're going to show a little bob rubin clip to uh as they say chum the waters that's where you throw some uh bloody fish guts into the water and it attracts the, sh the ticket sharks and the ticket sharks come and buy tickets at laughingvikings.com slash link so we're going to chum the waters with some bloody fish guts also known as Bob Rubin clips from our <laughs> podcast and stand-up clips. We're going to chum it, and then uh, all the people are going to come. Uh, roll the clip. We want to hear the life of Bob Rubin in one minute, starting now. I came out of this really comfortable place, man. It was nice. It was beautiful. I still had infinite knowledge, traveling the speed of thought. Then I get yanked out in all this light. A doctor slapped me on my ass. I started crying. And the weird thing was I was trying to get to the nightstand where my mom is in bed next to that. There was a pen and paper, and I was trying to write everything down. Because I had all the answers as soon as I got here. But then the doctor slapped me, and I freaking forgot everything. 
And then I was bar mitzvahed, and then I went to military school, and then in between all that, I was saying, thank God I'm a country boy. And then I was singing that other song about uh, Take Me Home, Country Road, West Virginia. And then I went to San Francisco, and then I got a nice following in San Francisco doing stand-up, and I've been in San Francisco and Los Angeles doing stand-up for many, many, 39 years. And I did some movies and television and writing, and but this is my most important appearance of them Oh, Thank you. Wow. I uh, didn't realize how spot on time he nailed it. I think that might have been the perfect 60-second one-minute life story. Uh, yeah, he's great. You've seen him perform several times. What's your uh, what's the BK Broiler uh, review? Oh, Bob is so funny. He does a bit where he reads from a magazine, uh, and it's it is absolutely hysterical. It's one of my favorite bits that I've seen in Comedy Alley this season. Um, right. And I I love him doing it. And as soon as he walks in the door, most of the times at Laughing Vikings, it's the first thing I'm talking about. So. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got such a unique brain. I mean, there's just certain comedic talent where, and I told him this, I was like, I fucking love your brain just because it, there's these, he has these wild, really, I think the style you'd call is, absurdist some character pieces lots of storytelling um but it's just wild and and out there and it's just purely for the sake of fun it's uh he doesn't really get political or i mean it gets a little deep i would say he gets deep and significant at certain times mm -hmm. um there's a certain level of sageness to uh some of some parts of his shows and then there's uh parts that are just bonkers and bananas and you're like I don't even know what I'm watching, but it's insane and crazy and I'm never going to forget it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, another um, fun fact about him is um, it, it recently it's um, he obviously every comedian during COVID had their career kind of wiped out for a little while. But just when he was going to be starting to do shows, when things were opening up, he was diagnosed with throat cancer and he went through a whole big, long cancer battle. Uh, and has recovered from that and is now cancer free. So he's really on his comeback march right now after COVID combined with a health scare that was totally non-COVID related on the on the heels of that. So it's really cool to see him getting back on stage and doing full headlining sets. He's very vocal. He's he uses like talk about guideposts and vocal variation. He he uses his he's fully committed. That's one of the things I love about him. He uses full body, his full vocal range, his full facial expression. Um, and he's just giving his all into his performances, which is challenging for someone who's gone through uh, medical stuff with his throat issue. So he's also um, uh, figuring it out again, too. So, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's great to see him. And you can see him up close and personal. Uh, Free Times is a great little venue. They have a little back room. It probably only seats like 50 people if it's rammed. Uh, and we're going to be performing there at 8 p.m. this Saturday, November 22nd. It's his Thanksgiving special, uh, American Thanksgiving special. I've got the pleasure of hosting and, and opening for him. Uh, so it's going to be great. I think tickets are 20 bucks, uh, and there's only a handful there. So go to laughingvikings.com slash links. we got a stand-up clip. We're going to roll a stand-up clip, too. Yes, we do. Say the magic words. Roll the clip. 
different ways of looking at my job. You know, I got to tell you something. I saw a clip of myself from 20 years ago, and apparently I thought back then that people just paid to watch me drink and smoke. <laughs> and now since they changed the laws, I got to use words and other such trickery. Hey, you know why you can't smoke in a bar anymore? Me! I'm the reason. I still remember when they lowered the blood alcohol content from 0.10 to 0.08. I said, no problem. I'll just put on another 75 pounds. There he is. The, the old rube. <laughs> the old rube. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, so, so check him out. He spends his time uh, split between Hollywood and L.A. I know that he's going back. I think he's going back to L.A. for uh, December, maybe into the winter, into holidays. So it's your chance to see him up close and personal. I opened for him uh, about a month or two ago at the Royal Comedy Theater. Uh, and a month or two before that, we did another show at the Free Times Cafe. But he's great. Uh, <laughs> super fun. Be a high energy show. That's for sure. Oh, 100%. It's going to be a great time at the Free Times Cafe. Uh, I'll try, I'll do my best to see if I can make it out to that show. Nice. Well. I like how you started to say try, and then you said I'll do my best to make it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to try is a lie, and then you cry, and then you die. Nike didn't say just try it. They said just do it. To quote Tom Todoroff. Yes. Uh, speaking of Tom, we had that fantastic masterclass last week with him. Uh, mm -hmm. You were there. How was your experience? Oh, it was fantastic. It's always great to, to see Tom work and always great to see people that haven't been introduced to Tom and like that are regulars at the studio, like Cheryl Poirier and Adam Daniel Mose performing and doing their monologues for Tom. And like that was so exhilarating to see. Um, and you performed as well, and another man named Matthew McCollum. Yep. Yeah, he also performed, and that it was just great to watch Tom Tom work and like watch their performances. And, and as you as you have lovingly said, Lars, like you see sh you see performers go from like pretty good work to callback and booking level work, and yeah. like it's great to watch their transformations. And like, yeah. oh exhilarating right. i mean he's a great director and it's all rooted in the physics of performance mm -hmm. and um he has a framework and a clear directorial language so when he suggests something to you it makes sense and, and you're able to actualize that into your performance as well too mm -hmm. yeah it's great yeah. yeah yeah always the i was that always blew me away from first take uh like especially as in-person intensives when I first went I, I didn't know the actors often and they would come out and do a monologue and then 20 minutes later after working on it and doing a couple more takes and workshopping it a little bit then you see it and you're like fuck yeah like wow that was a that was a powerhouse performance versus uh yeah that was that was an okay read kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah he, he really elevates things. So uh, we're happy to um, continue our ongoing referral to the Saturday workshop, which is a brilliant Saturday class that they that they run. That's really three classes in one text analysis, voice and speech with one of their renowned voice and speech instructors mm -hmm. and uh, a handful of hours of coaching from Tom on monologue scene study, cold reads, audition pieces. Uh, you can go to laughingvikings.com slash Tom. And uh, tell them that Actors Audition Club and Laughing Vikings sent you. 
And uh, you can attend that first class free. And a little birdie told me that for those of you who want to go deeper with the training, uh, just let them know. And there's a special VIP discount on their membership that'll be offered to Actors Audition Club and Laughing Vikings family, friends, members, clients. So just tell them you know a few guys here at uh, Actors Audition Club and they'll take care of you. Um, but grab that first class, laughingvikings.com slash Tom, Brandon's often there. I'm often there. You'll see regular faces from uh, Laughing Vikings and uh, Actors Audition Club. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Reed, who's a session director, is often there. Um, Monine um, Daly is uh, also a session director. She's a conserv conservatory grad, as is Aaron. Um, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And it's really cool because it's, um, it's international, too. So you meet and see mm -hmm. other actors from all over the world. Uh, you learn how to work on Zoom and you get a real sense of framing and camera and all the technology that we're all as actors faced with having to learn uh, mm -hmm. in our auditions as well right now, too. So, yeah, it's a fun. It's fun. I always feel great after Saturdays. Any Saturday that I do it, I finish like I'm alive. I'm going to go walk up a mountain you mm -hmm. know, and scream from the top of a mountaintop. I am an artist. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, yeah, I just actually found out one of my friends, uh, Jack Hunter, he works at the Medieval Times as a knight right now. Uh, he signed up for the Saturday workshop. He oh, audited on Saturday and then he nice. immediately signed up. And yeah. Is he an older distinguished gentleman? Uh, mixing that is, maybe I know a different Jack. No, he's fairly, he's fairly young, okay. probably about probably mid thirties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe yeah. I know another one. Uh, awesome. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more the merrier. Mm -hmm. And um, we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll a little clip uh, to introduce people uh, to Tom who have not uh, met Tom. This is their uh, video about their studio and about how Tom works. Yeah, here you go. Roll the. In my life, I've been fortunate to work in film, television, theater, music, and sports. I've been a producer, director, or coach to some of the most visible names in the world, some of the most accomplished business leaders, entrepreneurs, and impassioned hobbyists from all walks of life. I'm a curious and avid student of human nature, and this work has given me a front row seat to some of the most extraordinary human beings and the choices they continually make. What makes for the most successful professionals in any field doesn't have to do with innate talent but rather the drive to clearly and consistently ask and fight for what they want and say no to what they don't want. And they always do their best. The most direct route to success and self-love is to make a series of commitments and keep them no matter what. Demonstrate craft and commitment in a way that exceeds all of your competitors. That's what we're talking about here today. Write down this equation. Craft plus commitment equal confidence and career. What inspires personal communication? Passion. Love of what you're doing. Because if you truly love someone or something, you'll spend all the time in the world on that person or that pursuit. Love takes time and love makes time. So if you want to know what or who you really love in this life, just look at where you put your time. 
Remember, you're always transmitting and receiving. When you're truly passionately prepared, you're transmitting love. When you're not, you're transmitting fear. Humor is essential to getting your message across. Why? Ever heard of someone ending a relationship because their partner was too funny? Humor gives us respite from overthinking, and geopolitically it's ever been more important. It's impossible to laugh at something and think of your troubles at the same time. Laughter brings us to the now. Careers are built on clear, caring, passionate communication. And communication is storytelling. The minute you commit to a goal, whether personal or professional, negative forces align to test it and throw you off that goal. But positive forces align to support and help you. The important thing is not to take life personally. Life and gravity happen to all of us. It's all just a test of how committed you truly are. This is the art of showing up. This was always true, but in today's world, this work is more important than ever before because technology is training our brains to move faster than we're feeling. Well, these are some of the elements of the physics of performance. When you learn how to employ these elements and bring these skills to every audition, rehearsal, and performance, your relationships will change, and so will your career. Until the next time, remember your ability to ask and fight for what you want and say no to what you don't want will determine your personal and professional success now.
<laughs> Always end on the dog shot. I always forget about the dog shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that video. It always inspires me and fires me up. It reminds me of conservatory. It reminds me of Saturday class. It reminds me of things that he's told us that I maybe um, haven't thought about in a little while. It was great. Uh, you wanted to highlight one of your notes uh, from the podcast or from the workshop from the masterclass. And you also heard it. We heard it a couple times in that video right there. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that? The note that I wrote down was the strongest negotiating power you have as an actor is to walk away. And oh. a human being. Mic drop. Yeah. Uh, and he, oft he also talks about um, mm -hmm. saying yes to what you want and no to what you don't want. Right. Yeah. Yes. He said that in the video. And uh, funny that this came up because I haven't done it in a, I haven't, I've, I've done it a couple times in my career, but it hasn't happened too recently. Um, except on Monday, I got an audition request uh, for a for a show that I would love to work on. It's a fantastic big Hollywood blockbuster series, uh, but I turned the the audition down uh, because the the certain material, the scene. Uh, the size of the role, there was a handful of reasons um, that I was like, you know what, this one's not for me, and which is challenging to do, as you know, as an actor, because, I mean, we all want to work, uh, we, we want to get on set, and you want to book the role, and you want to be a part of things, um, and especially early on in your career, there's something to say for saying yes to a lot of things, and, and just exploring all the open doors and windows that you could possibly do. I know I did that early on, I was like, I did background work, I did student films, I did indie films, I did a little bit of everything just to get the experience and to meet people and network. But then it becomes a tipping point where I think you have to become a little more um, uh, discerning with your material choice, the the type of roles you want to play, who you want to be um, on set in, in that character. Uh, and also the size of the role, the money attached to it eventually becomes... Um, considerations when you're when you're doing your best to uh, value yourself I mean versus being like oh give me anything I'll take a one-liner versus thinking you know what I want supporting and supporting leads and ensemble leads and those kind of roles so I turned this down sent my agent a, a well thought out um, honest message and she replied saying that's totally fair uh, will decline and literally the next day I got an audition request for a cast from a casting director in the U.S. to audition for a lead in a feature film. So one day I turned down a role that would have been a day or two on set, not really a character or a scene that I'm interested in playing, but a little cash grab of a handful of thousand um, dollars. But no, thank you. And then the next day, lead in a feature. So um, talk about the universe giving you instant feedback and rewarding you instantly for making a, a strong, bold choice. That was like such a good, perfect lesson for me. And they don't always come that quickly. Uh, sometimes you just make that call and you're like, I hope that works out. But that was like instantly the next day. Oh, you don't want that one liner. Um, okay. And then next day, how about a lead in a, in a movie? Okay. Yeah, that sounds better. So talk about um, asking, uh, asking and fighting for what you want and saying no to what you won't don't want in the universe. It's funny when, when you really commit yourself and decide and you have a clear picture of what you want, whether it's career or your life, the universe 
aligns itself to show you the path. And then simultaneously, um, sort of negative and or counter forces might align to test you along the way. But the second you, you know clearly and um, specifically what it is that you do want, all of a sudden that shit starts to materialize to the point where you're like, do I have the force? Am I Luke Skywalker? Mm -hmm. uh, the answer is yes, we all are. We're all like these ridiculously powerful beings of light. Our thoughts and our feelings are literally electromagnetic fields and signals and waves that affect other molecules and affect other people. And um, when you align yourself up here properly and then act and vibrate in support of that uh, and in support of those positive choices, shit around you aligns with you. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. It's really cool. It's really I love it. My, my teacher used to say at Windsor that um, you you reach stages in your career that you no longer can go back down to where you once were doing things. Right. And like, so, like yes, you you worked with some great people that helped you get to that next spot. And as we've always talked about, a rising tide lifts all boats. But right. like sometimes, like there was a there was a friend show that I was working on, and I absolutely love working with the cast, the crew. This writer director is someone that I've worked with extensively and I absolutely love working with them and I plan to work with them again. But they were talking about remounting the fringe show as a community theater show. And I said, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I can't I can't do that. Right. I can't go down to that level. I, I right. won't. Right. Yeah. And it's that's a challenging thing to do. And and you don't you don't mean it uh, in a judging way. Like mm -hmm. I don't I'd ever I would never um in fact I I knew another actor who was auditioning for the same role that I turned down and I would never think um, down on him or, or judge It's like different strokes for different folks and everyone has their different moments. Um, but yeah, you, you need to, there needs to be some sense of progression, but not in a, Oh, I'm too good for that. And that's the yeah, challenge no. too, because there's a little bit of a little bit of the imposter syndrome is like, well, who am I to turn down an opportunity uh, especially if you haven't booked something in a little while, you're like, well, who am I to say no to an opportunity? Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, what do you mean? Who am I? I'm me and this is my life and I'm the director and writer of my own life and my own choices and how I want to spend my time ultimately. Um, in that case, I, I always weigh a few things. It's like, yeah, what is the production? Who am I working with? What level is the production? Obviously, pay is uh, factored in there. Um a big one for me is, is it a first time experience as well? I'll often do things that I might have, that I might say no to, but if it gives me an opportunity to work somewhere I've never been or with somewhere, mm -hmm. I've, somewhere I've never been or with a group of people or a director that I've never worked with, all of that might weigh like the novelty factor. Yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes you're like, okay, like, do I, yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. There's always, there's always exceptions to that rule. Like I think most actors have like this, this bucket list of things that they want right. to accomplish. And like, right. if there is something on that list that you have been wanting to do for a very long time, go for it, do right. it. But like do weigh the pros and cons of everything that you, you put your time into because your time is valuable. Right. And it's, um, it's also that philosophy of, of thinking a fuck yes or a no, thank you. Mm, and anything, yeah. anything in the middle is dangerous territory as a, as a, as an artist and as a, just as a human being, because you're natural. I've said yes to things in the past that I was 
maybe a little people pleasing or I didn't want to say no, or I thought like, well, I can't say no to the money or mm -hmm. uh, I want to help them out or I, I don't want them to think that I don't want to work with them by saying no. And then you're, and then you feel a sense, a sense of resentment or obligation can creep in where you're like, Oh, I got to go do this thing instead of being, which is not what they want and not what uh, your, your cast members and the audience certainly doesn't deserve to see someone who's like, I, not fully into this like i'm not a fuck yeah on this not that everything can be like 110 percent fuck yeah with a million um exclamation points but as many as as, men, as much as possible should be that you can design your life that way um yeah yeah you do your best right yeah, yeah. it's uh i lost my train of thought there um i was gonna add one more thing um yeah Oh, I know what I was going to say is every time you say yes to something, it, it just there's only so much time in a day and in your life. So you, you also have to have the sense of um, no's make spaces for those big yeses and yeses also block you potentially from saying yes to other things. So maybe mm -hmm. I say yes to that one liner. Maybe I book it. I show up and then I have to decline something else because lo and behold, the two days I'm on that set for that small thing is in the middle of the window for a lead and a feature. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh shit. I wish I had a said yes to the thing that I really wanted and said no to the thing that was kind of a meh. So yeah, there's, there's tons of lessons there. Yeah. Uh, but in the beginning I would say short of personal safety and personal morality, say yes to as many opportunities as you can, especially if you're young and new in the business, you want to meet people, you want to get experience, you want to build a resume, you want to build your reels, uh, figure out what you love and, and what you don't love about the business uh, with, again, the exceptions of safety, like you don't want to mm -hmm. be doing things unprofessionally or that are unsafe, unsafe stunts or intimacy scenes where um, especially uh, female actors are not feeling safe in those environments. Then obviously you got to be wary of those early on. Um, but other than that, it's like experience as much as you can, but then reach the tipping point where you decide, you know what, if I could make my world perfect and exactly what I would want in my life, paint it that way. And then, and then go after those things rather than mm -hmm. just be like, I'll take whatever they give me, which yeah. is hard. That's a challenge because with so many gatekeepers and the starving artist syndrome, and mm -hmm. it could be a scrappy career. So it, it is a challenge sometimes. Um, but I, I tell you, it felt really fucking good. And it felt, it felt like a reclamation of power to turn something down and say, I don't need that. I, I don't see what the upside, it was also a role. I didn't find um, that I could find some love and humor. Like I didn't feel like I would enjoy the day on set being that character and being that person um, or being me under those given circumstances, but saying those words and being that type of scene was like, I don't see an upside to this. Mm -hmm. It was a scene where I couldn't see myself. Sometimes you say yes to things because you're like, Oh, that would be a nice meaty scene and, and really cool production value and the credit uh, in, and throw it in your demo reel. But I was like, I can't even visualize myself wanting to put that representation of me in a demo reel as my here's my um, here's my uh, what do you call it? Like uh, first in, first impression of me to new casting directors and producers. So it was like you got to weigh all that stuff and be like, is this is this good for me and my life and my career and then stand in your choices. And in my case, I went from a one liner in a show that I think is amazing. And I would love to be in also the other thought process was 
saying yes to that. If I book it, that also burns you to do another, like you can't, can't appear as two different guys in the same show. So now I'm still open and available to be on that show, which is a show I love produced by people who I fucking admire and idolize. So it just gives me another chance to be on it and be on it, doing something I can be really proud of rather than being something where I'm sort of like, yeah, this is great, but I don't really, I'm not really vibing with this right now. So mm -hmm. great. Lesson. Yeah. And I think you'll agree that it's always better to be up front first with what you want and what you don't want um, right. rather than like muddling around being like humming and hawing like, Oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. Right. Maybe I can't right. be up front about it first, say no first, then right. you can move on. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is in there, I mean, there is a, a progression in this career and um, like there, maybe there's certain times earlier in my career where I wouldn't have turned that down, but it's also about giving those opportunities to the people who are, who it's right for right now. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you, I turn down things where it's like, yeah, that would be really fun, but it's not for me. Let's let someone else do that. Uh, who really needs that and let someone who is a fuck. Yeah. This would be the coolest thing that I've ever done. And uh, this would be a really cool opportunity. Someone who does want to fight for it versus saying like, meh, and then half-assing it. Don't half-ass it. Full-ass yeah, things. Full-ass things. things. Full-ass things. Don't <laughs> half-ass it. Don't Certainly don't quarter-ass it. Don't four-fifths-ass it. Don't three-quarter-ass it. Don't um, uh, fifteen-sixteenth-ass it. No fraction of asses less than a full-ass. <laughs> is what they say. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, okay. Well, what else we're we going to chat about? So we covered uh, that. We talked about. Um, why don't uh, we? Uh, why don't we draw some cards from uh, Wedmore? Yeah, we'd like to do this. Um, our uh, my business coach James Wedmore through his uh, signature program, Business by Design, where he helps people build digital businesses, online courses, memberships, coaches, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he provides us with these little flashcards, and uh, they're just positive affirmations and reminders uh do you want to draw one um yes give me you got a, you got a point to it okay this one this one that's it yep <laughs> the one you're just revealing this one there you go yep that's All right. it this one says your relationship with time will determine how you experience time. Ooh. And there's a little picture of uh, a man or a woman, a person running with uh, uh, an hourglass. That's and it continues to say, if you want to work on your relationship with time, here are some questions you want to be asking yourself. Are you using a majority of your time to work on simple tasks that can be outsourced? Are you focusing on your high-level content that is actually going to grow your company and yourself and your business? Uh, and do you feel like you have the time and freedom to do what you want when you want? If you answered no to any of these questions, it might be time to rethink the way you're spending it. Time is as infinite or finite as you allow it to be. be, mm, be, like be. Yeah, which kind of um, is... a uh, is a, it kind of brings back to what we were just talking about. It's right. like yes to what you want and no to what you don't right. want. Yeah. Again, your time is valuable. Your time is your life, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's your life. At the end yeah. of the day, you're like, well, how did I spend my time? 
you know, who did I spend it with? What did I spend it mm-hmm. doing? Especially as a, an artist, you got to, which is challenging because um, in the age of do it yourselfers and influencers and content creators, um, there, there is a, there's a unprecedented ability to take control of your own career and do everything where you're, you're the videographer, you're the social media manager, you're the booker, you're the everything, and you're the performer and artist and writer and director and all that kind of stuff. But at some point as an artist, you got to figure out what's your 5% um, or, or in any avenue is business in your life. What's your zone of genius? Yeah, that's and, what I was just thinking. Which was, And it's the Venn diagram of what do you love to do? Mm-hmm. Um, what has the highest impact on the world and others? Uh, if you're the type of person that wants to have a positive impact on other people, and I think mm-hmm. most people do want that. And then the third Venn diagram is, is it something in, in our society of needing currency and money to pay for a lifestyle? Um, is it something you get paid for too? So if you can take an actor, probably the thing is being on stage, being on set is the highest value. And then it's rehearsal and training and writing and all the things that support that. And then down that list, then you would have marketing and social media and promotions and booking and uh, public relations and um, stylists and all those things that you could outsource and you could eventually have a team of people doing those. You have managers, you have bookers, you have agents. Um, but in the beginning, you can do all that stuff. And I've been guilty of this too, where I do a lot and I do so much, but then I look back on a week and be like, okay, I wasn't on stage and I didn't perform and I wasn't, I, I wasn't doing the artist things. And then you start to sway into like business land and, and, um, and, for me personally, I got out of a corporate uh, career so that I could be an artist and so that I could do stand up and so that I could do acting and do all these fun, creative endeavors. But you can tend to get sucked back into certain things. So I've been working on that too, uh, outsourcing, like you, building a team of people here at Laughing Vikings and at Actors Audition Club, mm-hmm. um, having you help with the podcast and helping with editing. Uh, I've got a couple other VAs who have been helping, virtual assistants who help with social media posting mm-hmm. uh, obviously our team of session directors too so building building a team is a big part of that because any not there's not really a whole lot of big things you can do in your life that you can s- strictly do solo that's a like the self-made millionaire the solopreneur yeah it's easy to like you can only get so far on your own right and you need right. like at least some sort of outside eyes to get you to that next level yeah. and then maybe like a new set of out, outside eyes to get you to a next level after that. Like, you know, yeah, you, you need know. coaches and mentors too. Yeah. That if, if I look back at like since pandemic in my life in the last three, four years, really in every Avenue, I have a coach and or mentor that I pay for the coaching. Um, whether it's Tom for acting, James for business, mm-hmm. Mel Abraham for finances and, and wealth building, um, Brendan Burchard for personal growth and development, Lewis Howes uh, for personal growth and development, uh, where I'm like, I got like five world-class top coaches pretty much in my back pocket through their through their free um, training and coaching, but also through their high-level one-on-one and group coaching programs that I've joined uh, over the last years, whether it's conservatory or Saturday workshop or business by design or uh, Mel Abraham's Affluent uh, Entrepreneur Program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. 
All right. What else? Anything else? No, that's it. Well, make sure you smash the subscribe button. Share this with your friends. Uh, do it. Uh, do a uh, give us a review too. We love reviews and we love feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, you can give us a Google review. Or you can hop on Facebook at, at Laughing Vikings or Actors Audition Club uh, to our page. Give us a review there or on the podcast platforms. Wherever you are, just uh, give us a little, give us, give us the old um, bump. Whatever your name is, if your name's uh, Jimmy McAdoo, give us the old Jimmy McAdoo bump. If your name is uh, Carolyn Sarlamantrida, Mm -hmm. Give us the old Carolyn Sarlamanchia bump by giving us the old those guys. Are, I like the I like the cut of their jib. That's all you need <laughs> to say. I like their cut of the I like the cut of their jib. They got gumption and a can-do attitude, and uh, they don't seem to be doing anything horrible for the world. Um, seems like it's mostly positive. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't mowed down any rainforests. Uh, we're not currently uh, raping the earth of its resources. Uh, we're doing mostly good stuff here, I'd say. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yes. That's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> so Have a great that, week, everybody. If you're with that, uh, yeah. Don't forget, um, throw up the tickets for uh, Bob Rubin, too. I'll be at uh, Free Times Cafe in Toronto. Uh, amazing comedy show opening for Bob Rubin. You can grab your tickets at laughingvikings.com slash link. The ticket link is there. Mm -hmm. uh, and don't forget to sign up for your first Saturday workshop with Tom Todoroff and Tom Studio uh, at laughingvikings.com slash Tom. There's a lot going on right now. So get on board with it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Have yeah. a fantastic week. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye. So you hang up. No, you hang up. Wait, wait.